Hello, lovelies. Hello, lovelies. Welcome back to Soul Stretch Conversations. I'm Rose. And I'm Tina. And we're coming to you from the Soul Stretch Yoga Studio in Cleveland. This is the podcast we like to call our Lotus Lift, where we talk about using the principles of yoga in our everyday lives. And don't forget, if you want to hear more or learn more about our little studio in our corner of the world, be sure to visit us online at soulstretchmobileyoga.com. So, Tina, you feeling good this morning? Yeah, doing pretty good. Pretty good, especially now that I've had biscuits. Biscotti with my coffee. Yes, biscotti and cookies and chocolate. I know. Hey, isn't Fat Tuesday coming up soon? Yeah, well, it's more like Fat Friday to me right now. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, Lent's just around the corner. I know. That's the one thing about you and I. We were both raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school for eight years, teen. How about you? Gosh, eight years. No, I didn't go to Catholic school, but I did go to CCD. Oh, my goodness. I had to suffer through that. Yeah, actually, and suffer through it was um, Saturday mornings. Can you believe that? I had to give up Saturday mornings. Cartoons. (laughs) I know, while all my friends were watching Scooby-Doo or Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels. And um, yeah, I was at CCD. And and I was watching like, you know, those... um, not an animated book, but it's like they'd have that little slideshow with the really bad animation, you know. Bye, you know, it's okay. It's all right. Oh, of course. Yeah. CCD. So CCD, Catholic school, you know, That's it's, right. we, we had to do our time. But, <laughs> you know, this is the time of year that uh, Lent comes along and um, uh, it, it, it brings up a lot of questions. You know, for many years, I've had a lot of students that chit chat with me about yoga pertaining to religion or spirituality. Many people think that yoga is the same thing as religion. And so coming into Lent and coming up on uh, Fat Tuesday, it got me thinking, we should talk about this. Mm -hmm. I thought it would be very timely, teen, because people are confused. Right. I know I was confused before yoga. Well, I know when when you first brought it up at the end of the other podcast, and you said religion versus spirituality, (laughs) and I was like, whoa, this is not a boxing match. You know, it's like like you can't, you know, no. It's not it's not one or the other right. and I'm glad you brought that up because it isn't it really isn't one or the other. I think what would be helpful is to kind of break it down because before yoga I just thought there was religion and I thought it was the same thing as being spiritual. I thought that going to church was also being spiritual or just, you know, going, doing my, my holy day of obligation and going to confession or praying the rosary. Um, but then I realized through yoga, it spirituality is so much more different than that. And it should be, we should embrace both, not one or the other. But I think it it's helpful that maybe we kind of break it down for mm-hmm. our yogis and our listeners out there and people that read our mm-hmm. email blasts, because I think it's kind of helpful. Well, I know from my personal experience, like I've kind of woven in and out of religion at different times of my life. You oh, know, yeah. it's like, of course, having been raised Catholic. And and so, but then there was a time where I was like, I hate going to church. It's so boring. But then there was a time when, you know, in my 20s where I was like, wow, I am really missing this crucial Something. part. And, yes. and actually, um, I don't know if I told you, but I wasn't confirmed at the usual time of life when, you know, kids usually 14. are. Yeah. It was like eight grade uh, because when I was entering eighth grade uh, for some reason I don't know if it was the diocese or just our parish but they shifted it to 10th grade and then 10th grade came along and they said no we're gonna make it 11th grade and then 11th grade came along and I didn't go to the classes and they wouldn't let me make it and my mom was so mad Um, and she's like you know what God knows what's in your heart 
when exactly. you're ready, you can feel the need. And, and so I did. And I was really glad that I did. Yes. And so, you know. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because there is something really beautiful about rituals. Mm-hmm. So that's what I equate religion to, kind of like being a ritual and a tradition. And there are so many religions in the world, and, and religions are kind of like um, like an institutionalized system of attitudes, beliefs, practices, and people come together to form a community in the service and worship of God. And I think there's something appealing about that, because there's a code of conducts conduct associated with each religion and rules and things that maybe are comforting to a lot of people because uh, we don't have to think about it. We just, we just show up, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we practice as a community. We just like in, we practice in yoga as a community, we go to church as a community and we worship God and pray and sing. And there's something very beautiful about that. And as you know, many religions are based on the teachings of historical figures, whether they be prophets like Jesus or Buddha or Moses or Krishna, um, and they're, they're following those doctrines. And so that is a, not a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. actually a great thing right. um, that I think many people love and need. Sometimes you just need a message. You need to go sit your butt in a pew mm-hmm. and hear something uplifting and inspirational, mm-hmm. not something that causes angst. Because, um, you know, I think sometimes in some sometimes we go to church and stuff and we may hear things that may make us feel bad about ourselves. And that's not always a good thing. You know, we want to we want to walk away feeling good. Um, There was a great quote by um, a 12th century monk, Meister Eckhart, and he said something very profound. He said, no one is forgotten. It is a lie. Any talk of God that does not comfort you. And I do believe that. I like that. Although I, I wish he didn't talk like Yoda. You know, <laughs> where he's like, hmm, no one is forgotten. Any talk that does comfort you not. No. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's there's very much truth in that. I like that a lot, too, because, um, you know, during my CCD in, in PSR, it's like I, we, I grew up with a very different, you know, I didn't have the fire and brimstone God. It was all very loving. And I so it was that. very much like that, you know, yes. whereas I think my parents definitely grew up with the, you know, if you didn't follow this, then you couldn't do that. And and the it was very school. harsh. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm grateful that it was um, a little more modernized in that way, although it doesn't feel like that's the right word. I but. think that's a great word because I think, um, I think many religions now, whether it's Catholics, Protestants, et cetera, um, Lutherans, they're all um, finding loving kindness in church, not just the fire brimstone um, uh, way of doing things. It's not Old Testament versus New Testament, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So those things are very important in, in a religious setting and based in that uh, tradition. Those rituals are wonderful and beautiful. But then when I came to yoga, okay, many years ago, probably like eight now, eight or nine, I realized that there is a difference between spirituality and religion. Religion is, you know, by definition, it's an organized service. But spirituality is where you're doing more of the work. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to understand that. So yes, I can go to church. And I can sit in a pew and I can get the message and I can come out and I can feel wonderful and I can practice loving kindness to all my neighbors and love my neighbors. But then if I really want to connect with God, yoga encourages us to do the work ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite quotes is Rumi. And he says, uh, the road is yours and yours alone. Others may walk it with you, but no one can walk it for you. 
So there's something in yoga called self-study. We've talked about this on blasts and in uh, podcasts before. Self-study is where you do the work. It's one of the yamas. And you have to go in. You have to go in by yourself, do the work, look inside your own heart. And there is where you may find more of a connection with God than in a public setting uh, in community, because public setting community is important, but just as important is the aspect of your own spirituality, your own process of finding God. And everybody finds God differently. You, There are many people that uh, can find uh, God walking out in nature. That's what I love to do. To me, I connect so much with God when I'm taking a walk in the woods by myself with my dogs. Mm-hmm. How do you, is there a way that you connect? You know, I feel like... Um, like throughout the day, I have open conversations oh, with I God. That. I really do. And so, you know, even I feel, yeah, it's like an open dialogue. And um, I connect most by just saying something like, oh my gosh, please be with me right now in this moment. And so it's in my head. And, it, you know, I think because, um, you know, str- you know, I struggles come up throughout the day and even happy things full of gratitude come out through the day. And so I just always know that I have this open dialogue going on in my head. Which is awesome. Which I really like. So when I first came to yoga and they taught us how to breathe, teen, um, that was interesting and that was the first conduit to God because your breath, your breath is how you connect. And when you lay down on a yoga mat and you're there in the room and everything's quiet and you're taking in deep inhalations and exhalations, I think you breathe in energy from God and you breathe out your service, what that which is your higher purpose. So your your inhalation is your higher power, your exhalation is your higher purpose. And that really stuck with me in my first few years of doing yoga. That's when I really, really came to understand my connection with God. When we talk about the divine light in us, mm-hmm. you know, when we say namaste, namaste translates to the divine light in me honors and sees the divine light in you. So students have asked me, what is divine light? It's so simple. It's God. It's the God that dwells within you. That's what it is. It's grace. Mm-hmm. It's it's God inside of you. And and he's just as important inside of you as he is in a church or in a temple or in a synagogue. He he goes with you all day long. So for you to say that you have conversations with him throughout the course of the day is spot on because he's there for you to tap into. Yes, it's wonderful to go to a church and pray, but you don't need it. Mm-hmm. You can you can pray to him doing the dishes at your kitchen sink or walking in the park with your dog. And you know what I love too is is turning off my radio in the car. Yes. You know, whether it be, I mean, I, list, I used, you know, that time in the car to listen to podcasts or, you know, whatnot, but I really find that in that quiet, and sometimes when the quiet like feels heavy on your ears, mm-hmm. that's a perfect time for me. So as I think more about it now, yeah, it's, it's very often in the car. Yes, it is. For me mm-hmm. too. In the car, out in nature. Although it's cold right now, so yes, not out in nature as much as I, you as, know. As you yeah. want. But there's so many ways to connect. And even for me, just being on the yoga mat and breathing mm-hmm. when I calm my mind with my breath, then I know my God is in me. He's there. And it's in and in this crazy society, sometimes we feel godless. 
You know, mm -hmm. there's things that happen in our day that we're like, oh my gosh, where is my divine light? Where is my grace? Where's my God? And he's always there. Mm -hmm. We just have to tap in through our breath. If we, if we calm our minds and calm down and take a nice deep breath in, count to three and then push out, we find that we reconnect with him. And I think in those, like in those crazy moments, our head, you know, it's like the mental state, the brain gets the best of us. And so this, you know, the, the yoga principle is just to, you know, start, take a deep breath, you know, and that's your connection so that your soul is really calming you down. Correct. You know, so if you do those things, and these are the things we like to practice through yoga, if you quiet your mind and you use your breath to quiet your mind, then your soul, your divine light is going to speak. So people don't realize that because we're surrounded by what I call white noise. And white noise is everything from the TV to the internet to Facebook um, to our kids screaming in the background, our husbands, our wives, dogs, dogs, <laughs> yes, the cats, um, our coworkers. There's, we are surrounded every day by white noise. And if we're constantly with other people, uh, it's harder and harder to connect. If we do the work ourselves, if we walk the road ourselves, we do the work ourselves and we quiet our mind and we find quiet time alone. It could be on the couch with a book, in the in in a bubble bath, um, on the back porch uh, with a glass of iced tea, sitting in an Andorodak on the beach. Um, those quiet times by ourselves, even if it's only for an hour, that's how we'll connect. And that's hard to do in modern world when we have kids and co-workers and family and friends and we're trying to divide all of our time to all these different peoples and we have so many events we have to go to and so many obligations but yoga has taught me to carve out at least an hour a week by myself there's a great saying go by yourselves to somewhere very quiet and just pray or read or meditate or just sit there and look and think. Doing that once a week, just by yourselves, is a great way to connect with your higher power. That's how you find your spirituality. Mm -hmm. It's so simple and so hard all at the same time. Right. Because some some of my dearest friends say, I don't have an hour in my in my week, let alone my year. I don't have an hour to give to myself. Yes, that is a challenge, but it's part of self-love and self-study. And if you just start small, just so start and, small. you know, like saying an hour a week feels daunting, but if you said five minutes a day, five minutes a day, you know, then that's going to lead to 10 minutes a day. And the next thing you know, you're giving yourself an hour. Yes. So what does that look like? It means just by yourself, no electronics, no digital anything, maybe just sitting on a bench in quiet contemplation. That is such a wonderful thing to do. So because, you know, I love reading and I love um, listening to music, but even that may be distracting from your connection with your spirituality. Simply sitting somewhere and just being quiet and still and just I observing. Need to, I need to sit somewhere where I'm not looking at the dust in my house <laughs> because I get distracted, you know, like that monkey brain. Like I've tried yes. meditating and I don't know that I'm really doing it right. And there's no right or so wrong way. So I just way. call it praying. Correct. <laughs> right. You know, actually, that's what meditation is. So many mm -hmm. people think meditation is so much harder than it can, than it has to be. It's not. Meditation could just be you sitting outside in your backyard with a glass of iced tea and looking out at the, the, the greenery. But aren't I supposed to get into some transcendental state? No. You know, okay. <laughs> that's Well, this is good. That's, that is harder to achieve for most human beings. We're all just human. Mm -hmm. I can't. Some people can get 
into that. Mm-hmm. But in, in general, no, you don't have to get into some trans, transcendental state to be, uh, to be in, the, in a form of meditation. Meditation can simply be breathing in and out. Mm-hmm. Meditation could be staring at a fire pit watching a fireplace or watching the lake from your Adirondack chair. All those things are wonderful ways to meditate and get, and get quiet. And once you get quiet, then God speaks. Mm -hmm. He speaks to you. Mm -hmm. The answers become a little bit more Mm -hmm. clear. The questions become a little bit more clear to me. That is spirituality. And I think it's pretty simple. It's not complicated. Listeners, it really isn't. Just start somewhere, like what Tina just said, five minutes a day. That's all you have to do. Five minutes of total quiet. That's all. And then let that build to 10 minutes. Um, and, and maybe you find an hour in the given week. But mm-hmm. it's, it's not as complicated as people think. I think people, I think one reason why people s- struggle with spirituality is because it's scary. Mm-hmm. I think it's easier to be in a, in a big church sitting with 100 people in a mass well, or in a service. I don't know. I mean, I feel like spirituality is way more comfortable to me because that's my own personal for, relationship. And it's like, yes. this is mine, you know. For you, but many people are afraid to be alone mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Being alone with God is can, can be scary because it's self-study. Because only God knows the real you. Everybody in the church doesn't know the real you. I mean, God knows my heart mm-hmm. more than anybody else who knows my heart. And it took me a long time to feel comfortable even opening up to him mm-hmm. about what's in my heart. Well, and I, you know, I just keep going back to that line that my mom had given me all those years ago of, you know, she and she would even say that every year. It's okay. God knows what's in your heart. Bingo. You know? Thank you, mom. I think just admitting that too, it's like even the things that are left unsaid in my yes. personal conversations with God. He knows everything. He knows everything. And I do find comfort in that. It's very comforting for all of us to feel that way. So so in this season of Lent... Are you giving anything up? I Here's the thing. For decades, I gave <laughs> okay, up what, Tell me what so you gave... Much. What are the things that you gave up over the years? Well, I... I used to watch way too many soap operas. So when I was younger, I gave up soap operas for 40 days. Stop. Because it was just out of control. Oh my gosh. No Luke and Laura. No. <laughs> no you Bo remember? And Ho- no Bo and Hope. No, no. Patch and Kayla. Oh my God. <laughs> You're talking to the, I re- you know, yes, three I know. and a half hours a day when I was sick. Oh my I'd God. I'd go search for tomorrow because that was only half an hour. Search for tomorrow. It's days of our lives to... Oh, crap. What was the one on ABC? And then General <laughs> Hospital. I can't remember that one in the middle. That's right, because you were going through chemo when you were a mm-hmm, kid. Mm-hmm. So when I went through chemo, it was a Grace and Frankie. and Grace uh, and Frankie? That's Gra- Oh, yeah. That's, that's what said now. Yes, because yeah. it's, it's so funny. I was just telling Doug, I haven't binge-watched TV since the chemo, oh. because now, I, you know, now I'm up and back and healthy and doing my thing and living mm-hmm. my life. But, oh, my God, I watch so much TV. And I, I could have given that up two years ago, too, because I was addicted. And then, obviously, I gave up chocolate. One one year I tried to give up wine. That was not good. One year I gave up coffee. That lasted about one day. And uh, and on and on. So what did you, yeah. what did you give so up? So I get, you know, I would try to give up chocolate, you know, and that lasted for like maybe a week. And then we did the old, well, you know, you could have it on Sundays trick. <laughs> oh, remember that? Do you remember on whenever uh, St. Patrick's Day would fall in Lent, oh. that would be your day off. That's right. And you know, my, uh, my dad belongs to this Italian club and every year they have this big party called Italian night. I mean, it's like a big reverse raffle. And so, you know, 
of course, the majority of people there are all Italians and we're all observing Lent. But, you know, then the priest would say, well, you know what, just pick a different day during the week to observe (laughs) as opposed to Italian night. But, you know, one year I went vegetarian. Wow. The whole 40 days. uh, Just, yeah, I did the whole 40 days. And I really thought that I was going to drop a ton of weight. (laughs) And I didn't because I (laughs) ate pasta and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or I did the old, I'm going to give up 15 pounds for Lent. And of course, like the week before, I'm like, you know, trying to just only drink water because I didn't lose 15 pounds. But, uh, so, but then, of course, you know, we started trying to do some more positive things. Yes. And, um, so, so instead of giving something up, we want to maybe encourage our listeners to do something different. And so we came up with... Ding, ding, ding. I hear a podcast party favor. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Tell them to you. Right? Okay. <laughs> so the podcast party favor for today, um, sounds like the password is... No. Um, it is 40 Days of Kindness. And so it is a list that you can print off of um, either this podcast page or our website where you can... Find, you know, however you're going to celebrate and get ready for Easter or whatever kind of, you know, spring renewal, then um, this is your way to do something different every day. Uh, to prepare. And we've given you some prompts. So we've we've given you, there's 40 lines on the one page. But we're only giving you 20. 20 prompts. So that you can think about what suits your life or what, you know, and, and this is something that it's not something you do every day. It's something that we want you to go out of the ordinary just for a couple minutes. And it doesn't have to take a lot of money. It doesn't have to take a lot of time unless you want it to. Yes. But the prompts are wonderful. And then and well, and we can give you a couple of examples. Team. Okay, so example number one. This is pretty basic and easy. Buy uh, a coffee for the person in line behind you. Oh, I love that. That won't be any problem for me because mm-hmm. I'm in the coffee store pretty much daily. <laughs> um, another one is maybe walk your neighbor's dog. Oh yes, which would be a wonderful thing. And this is like kindness. this is like the puppy circle over here. We got yes. like five puppies on the street. Yes, we do. And so and so those prompts we give oh, you. I have another oh, good one. Here's yes. another good one. Hide a few dollars around the dollar store. Oh, I like that. Now, this means bring a few singles and bring like some scotch tape, maybe, <laughs> or just tuck them in there somewhere for someone who really needs them. Love right. it. So we've given you lots of prompts to work with and then blank spaces to fill in your own. So come to our website, download the 40 Days of Kindness sheet. You can also pick them up at either one of our yoga studios mm-hmm. and see where it takes you. 40 Days of Kindness. 40 I'm really things looking you can forward do. to that because I think, you know, one of the things that really um, fills my spirit is in service. And so these are all in service. They really are in service to other people and doing something out of the ordinary. And, you know, even something as simple as like, you know, calling your mom. Yes, that's that's (laughs) one of our prompts. Call your mother. Out of the blue. Or (laughs) this is a good one too. Send a handwritten note. Can you, yes. people still do that? I know. So a postage stamp is what, 51 cents, 52 Is it cents? that much now? I know, oh right? See, the last, I know. I know. Because they I don't say it on the notes. stamps anymore. I know they don't. <laughs> it's the forever stamp. Right. Um, but uh, a handwritten note is such a sweet little um, random act of kindness. It's a, yeah. it's a good. Totally f- unexpected. Yeah. And it's like a, a dying art. Yeah. So see where it takes you. And if you don't get it done in 40 days, you know, extend it past Lenten season. But instead of giving up, we're we're doing we're we're doing wonderful acts of kindness. And is there a is there a pose or is there more of a mantra or what do you got for that? Today? Well, for this podcast, a wonderful mudra 
hand gesture would be prayer hands. Angele mudra. Angele means prayer Andale, hand. Andale, Andale, Andale. Sorry. Angele. 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 <laughs> and it's not Angele. <laughs> Similar. Um, but prayer hands is what we do at the end when we say namaste. Um, it's just a wonderful reminder of connecting with your God when you hold your hands at your heart center and press your thumb knuckles into your chest wall and your pinky fingers out towards the room. You're saying, I honor the divine in me. I honor the divine in you. And together we bow to each other's divinity. And that divine light, all it is is God. That's what dwells within you, just like it dwells within me. We are all connected in that way. Mm -hmm. And no one is forgotten, teen. Oh, I know. No one's forgotten. I love, I really do love that line. Um, You know, because I think for, you know, for some religions out there, you know, I think that there's um, the expectation or or there's the assumption that some religions, you know, don't honor other people's lifestyles or choices. And so I've kind of wrestled with some of that too, with, with religion, with, you know, how could I be in a religion if it's not also accepting of my LGBT friends and family and things like that. So I really like this quote. So um, say it again, Meister, Burger, Burger, Meister. <laughs> no one is forgotten. It is a lie. Any talk of God that does not comfort you. Oh, that's so great. All right. Well, I think we're coming to the end of this podcast. So thank you so much for listening, dear friends. And don't forget that if you have any questions, comments, stories, or suggestions for our podcast, please send us a message. You can email rose at soulstretchmobileyoga.com. And if you want to catch up on our awesome email blast or learn more about our studio, visit soulstretchmobileyoga.com. And coming up, teen, in the next episode of Soul Stretch Conversations, we are going to talk about using yoga to say goodbye, sayonara, to guilt and shame. Hit the road, Jack. I mean, hit the road, guilt. And don't you come (laughs) back no more, no more. Because there is no room for guilt and shame in a yogic life. Awesome. Can't wait for that one. All right. Until then. Namaste, lovelies. And peace out. We'll talk soon.